Welcome to the Mariner, Mariners podcast from Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior 20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. Tonight, late night with the Mariners cast, it's 1130 Pacific time. We are going to talk about the Mariners loss in New York against the Yankees. Uh, it was the game that the Mariners should have had. It's Luis Castillo against essentially TBD ended up being Johnny Brito. Mariners lost this game four to two. Um, we'll cover the game. We'll talk about Castillo's inability to, uh, to be an ace in this game and be a stopper. We'll cover JP Morosi's uh, conversation with uh, 7.10 a.m. in Seattle today talking about a potential target for the Mariners offense. Um, I completely disagree with this player being a player that the Mariners should target. I also disagree with the compensation that J.P. Morosi brought up. I think it's ludicrous, and I'll tell you why. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the Mariners' kind of lack of swagger and where it needs to come from moving forward. And then if we have some time, we'll cover the Mariners minor leagues again. So uh, Mariners lose 4-2, muster uh, four hits in this game against Johnny Brito. Uh, Luis Castillo was uh, imperfect to say the least. This was one of those games where you want your ace or your stopper to step up. Um, he had an opportunity and he did not, uh, do it. So Luis Castillo ends up going five innings, four hits, three runs, three earned, four walks, three strikeouts, 103 pitches, runs his record to four and six with a 2.89 ERA. ERA looks good. Record doesn't. Um, but the fact that he only went five innings in a game and a kind of a must win uh, situation for the Mariners kind of sucks to be honest um you want more from him you want him to be Max Scherzer you want him to be uh Randy Johnson you want him to be Felix Hernandez and he wasn't um so what happened with Luis Castillo his velocity was up about a half a um, mile an hour across the board his spin was down a little bit, but his stuff was fine, to be honest. He didn't generate the whiffs that you would expect him to. He got 11 whiffs on 48 swings, uh, 23% whiff rate. His uh, year-to-date whiff rate is 33.7, so he was down about 10% with the whiff rate. Uh, fastball, five whiffs on 22 swings for 23%. That was down from the uh, yearly average of 38%, uh, 15% whiff rate on the slider. Yearly, it was 37.5. So slider and forcing fastball did not generate the whiffs that they had um, over the course of the season. He did get three whiffs on the sinker out of eight pitches at 38%, small sample on the sinker, and then uh, one whiff on five changeup swings. So he wasn't getting the swing and miss um, against the Yankees that you would expect from Luis Castillo. But uh, that said, his downfall really was the location on two fateful pitches. One was 
um, against Billy McKinney and one was against Jake Bowers in the bottom of the third. Um, he threw a, his sixth pitch to Jake Bowers was a middle end fastball that he hit for a two run home run. Anthony Volpe had walked in the previous at bat. It's just one of those pitches. You watch it on TV, you plot it out on a uh, savant and it just, it looks like a pitch a left-hander should hit out in Yankee stadium. That's exactly what Jake Bowers did. Um, that's on Luis Castillo. He, you know, he may not have, uh, thought Jake Bowers was going to be a threat. That may have been a challenge pitch. I don't really know. To me, it looked like he missed his location, but you can't throw a middle in belt high fastball to a left-hander in Yankee stadium. You just can't. So that was a mislocation. Bottom four, same thing. Billy McKinney on the second pitch. He threw a first pitch fastball, second pitch fastball. The pitch he hit out for a home run was in the same exact same location as to Bowers. Middle in, left-handed hitter with some pop, hits it out. And that's the game. Uh Mariners muster two runs, but they got the Yankees got three runs off of those two home runs. So as far as I'm concerned, Castillo's responsible for the loss. Um should not have located those two fastballs in the, in those places. Um, outside of that, uh, Mariners offense again was very dormant. Uh, JP Crawford is, has an injured shoulder. He did not play. Jose Caballero started at short and let off. I think that's the right move for now. He went one for four. Um, the, the only Mariners hitter to get on base twice was Leo Rodriguez who walked twice. Everyone else, it was either um, one base hit or an offer. Offense looked horrible. I don't know what else to say. I've tried to be supportive of the offense. I think that the offense has a lot of pieces that make sense. But right now, they're just not clicking. Um, Jared Kelnick went one for three, had an RBI. Uh, Dylan Moore hit a pinch hit home run in the eighth inning off of Willie Peralta. Um, good sign to see Dylan Moore be, uh, hit a home run in this game. Colton Wong got the start at second base. He went over two. And the offense just looked, again, looked horrible. Four hits, two runs. Only Julio's two walks were the only walks in this game. Um, They've got work to do. I went over each player individually on uh, yesterday's pod and you know, there's room for improvement at DH. There's room for improvement at second base. I think the rest of the players are going to, rest of the positions are going to remain what they are. Um, but the offense was bad. So bad offense, uh, some in, uh, inefficient and um, poorly located pitches from Luis Castillo. And the Mariners are now down uh, the first two games against the Yankees in this series. Again, I expected more from Castillo, expected more from the Mariners hitters, and they didn't produce. There was a pitch uh, to Teo Hernandez in the ninth inning that he is a hanging breaking ball that he could have hit out to tie the game, and he missed it. Um, I would have expected more from him as well, given how uh, he's been on a tear recently. He was visibly upset with that. But the Mariners had some opportunities. They just didn't capitalize. So this brings me to a conversation that John Paul Morosi had with um, 
seven ten a.m. Seattle sports earlier uh, today. I believe it was with Mike Salk and Brock Heward. No, excuse me, Brock Heward's not on that show anymore. Just Mike Salk. Um, he talked a lot about the Mariners' need for a bat. The Mariners absolutely, absolutely need a bat. But the bat that he talked about most was Brendan Donovan, who is a utility player for the St. Louis Cardinals. He's left-handed. Um, he's 26 years old. He's arbitration eligible in 26, free agent in 29. Uh, this season, he's hitting uh, his triple slash is 274, 361, 757. 263 plate appearances. He has seven doubles, seven home runs, four steals, running a walk rate of 9.9%. Um, last year, he was the uh, third place in the National League Rookie of the Year race, hit 281, 394, and an OPS of 773. 468 plate appearances. He had 21 doubles, five homers, two steals. I ran a bad bit of 3.30. So you look at Brendan Donovan, you see a high on-base percentage, um, lack of power, not a ton of speed, uh, but a player that gets on, a player that can play serve a very good, I was going to say serviceable, but very good second base, play shortstop, can play third, can play uh, either of the corner outfield spots, Certainly could play first base. He ended up winning the gold glove in the National League for utility players. So good glove. A player that the Mariners, you know, at first glance, you just take Brendan Donovan for who he is. Is he a player the Mariners could use? Sure. High on base percentage. Um, very good fielder. Lots of versatility. You know, any team I think could use a player like that. Here's my issue. John Paul Morosi talked about the Mariners dealing a pitcher like Bryce Miller or Logan Gilbert in a trade like this for Brendan Donovan. Um, he even brought up George Kirby as a as a pitcher who the Mariners may have to think about trading at some point if they really want to get an impact bat. Is Brendan Donovan an impact bat? I don't think so. Um, I think he is a good on-base bat and would provide defensive versatility, but he's not the kind of bat that's going to jumpstart the Mariners' offense. He's not going to make the Mariners' offense go from a 500 team to a wildcard team. He is the kind of, really, he's the same player in many ways as J.P. Crawford. Same player as even a Jose Caballero. We'll get to him in a moment. But to give up Logan Gilbert, who is 160 to 190 innings of three and a half ERA pitching for the next however many years, or to give up a Bryce Miller, who, you know, we may not actually know who he is yet, but he could be a 150 to 170 inning, um, three ERA pitcher. Or a player who is high on base percentage and good defense, but truly nothing else doesn't make any sense to me. I think that, um, uh, JP Morosi was overvaluing Donovan because he's a, a cardinal. I think he's overvaluing him because of his high on or his high batting average. 
And I think it's just crazy to think you would give up a number potential number two, number three starter for an a high on base percentage um player who is twenty-six years old who doesn't provide really any pop to speak of. So Donovan, I should say, you know, uh his hard hit percentage last season was 37.7%, which is way below league average. It's 40.6% this season. He had a barrel rate last season of 3.4%. It's 6.8% this season. That's also below league average. Um, He hits the ball on the ground a ton. And last year he ran a 330 BABIP, which I think was in part um reason why he had a, a 281 uh, batting average. But you're going to tell me someone who hit 281 in 468 plate appearances with five home runs is worth giving up a middle of the rotation starter. And I'm going to tell you it's not. I think, um, again, JP Crawford is a gold glove shortstop with a similar on base percentage who may not hit for as much average, but uh, provides pretty much the same sort of production. Which brings me to Jose Caballero. Would you trade, as a Mariners fan, would you trade Jose Caballero at age 26, who's not a free agent until 2030, would you trade him for Bryce Miller? Would you trade Jose Caballero for Logan Gilbert? Would you trade Jose Caballero and something else for George Kirby? I'm telling you right now, the answer is the Jose Caballero side of that trade is making out like a freaking bandit. It is a, a lopsided trade. It doesn't make any sense. Jose Caballero is a player who was um, acquired from the Arizona Diamondbacks essentially for nothing. He was a an afterthought coming into this season. But he's running a 384 on base percentage as of right now. So Caballero's triple slash so far this season in 138 plate appearances, which is about half of what Brandon Donovan has done with 263 plate appearances. Caballero's triple slash is 230, 384, 742. That's uh, OPS. Brandon Donovan's triple slash is 274, 361, 757. So Jose Caballero's OPS is only 15 points lower and his on-base percentage is 23 points higher. Caballero has five doubles in half the plate appearances. Brendan Donovan has seven. He has two home runs. Donovan has seven. But Caballero has 10 stolen bases. Donovan has four. Caballero's walk rate is 13.8. Brendan Donovan's is 9.9. So you run through the numbers, you see that Caballero hits more fly balls, Donovan hits more ground balls, um, hard hit rate, both are, are subpar, barrel rates are subpar. What I'm getting at is if someone said to you, if Jose Caballero was a St. Louis Cardinal and someone said to you, the way to improve the Mariners offense is to trade Bryce Miller or Logan Gilbert for Brendan Donovan, 
you would hang up the phone. You would get into an angry Twitter exchange. You would tell the person on the other end, you are out of your mind. You're trying to rip me off. This is dumb. I'm not wasting any more breath on you. I'm not listening. Stop it. This makes no sense to me, right? If someone offered you Jose Caballero for Bryce Miller or Logan Gilbert, you would hang up the phone. And the reality is Brendan Donovan, 26 years old, Jose Caballero, 26 years old, both players' best ability or best characteristic is that they get on base primarily through walks. Brendan Donovan's walk or uh, on-base percentage this season, 361. Jose Caballero, 384. Both players can play second. Both players can play short. Both players can play third. Both players in a pinch could play left or right field. Both players in a pinch could certainly play first base. You're talking about essentially the same player in Brendan Donovan as you are Jose Caballero. Could the Mariners use another Jose Caballero? Absolutely. No doubt. Could any team? For sure. But to deal a core rotation piece for a player like that, who ultimately should be casted as a utility infielder who gets 400 to 450 plate appearances per year, doesn't make any sense. Starting pitching is way too valuable and way too important to deal for a player like that. So my issue with the idea that J.P. Morosi put forth, which is the Mariners should deal one of those pitchers for a Brendan Donovan type, show me a better player, right? If we're talking about Bryce Miller for Jorge Soler, I still don't like it, but it's makes more sense than Brendan Donovan. Brendan Donovan does not make a true impact on an offense. He doesn't hit for enough power. He doesn't do enough damage. Um, I, I hate it. I hate it. And I don't think that Jerry DePoto in a million years would deal one of those pitchers for a hitter that lacks power and a hitter that lacks speed. He's not doing it. So again, for the last time, I will ask you, would you deal Jose Caballero for Logan Gilbert or Bryce Miller? And I know for a fact your answer is no. So J.P. Morosi quit it with the Brendan Donovan for pitching um, rumors because they don't make any sense to me at all. Uh, we will wrap this pod up with how does the Mariners offense get its swagger back? Um, I think it's a simple answer. There are only a couple of hitters in this lineup that can provide the energy and the swagger that I think the Mariners need to get the offense back to um, threatening and respectable. Most of it starts with Julio Rodriguez. I think this offense and this team will go only as far as Julio can take them. Um, obviously, he's capable of putting them on his back and carrying them to a playoff berth. But he needs to get started pretty quickly. And as of right now, um, there aren't a, po- a ton of positive signs. I think him taking two walks and getting deep into counts against the Yankees in, in tonight's game is a good sign. I want to see him take more pitches. I want to see him look for a pitch to drive as opposed to hitting anything that's thrown to, to him. 
Um, Jared Kelnick will do damage to any fastball that's thrown to him and will be uh, rendered useless if they continue to throw breaking balls. So Kelnick is kind of a to be determined, but you know, if he can, if he starts to hit as he did in April, you know, he, he can help to bring some of the swagger and the intensity and the energy back to the Mariners offense. And then Taylor Hernandez has been great in June. He's got that swagger. He can certainly shoulder the burden for the offense um, moving forward. And so those those three are the ones who I really do deem responsible for getting the offense back on track. Um, but primarily it's Julio Rodriguez. He's our star. He's the one that got paid. Um, he's the one that needs to really ignite this offense uh, and help the Mariners get to the playoffs. I also think a trade could help. I go back to Jorge, Jorge Soler. I go back to Ajax Zawinski, even an Ian Happ, who I think, um, given his contract year, would, you know, similar profile to uh, Brendan Donovan, but would cost a hell of a lot less to acquire. Um, the Mariners need something. Somebody needs to light a fire underneath their asses. I'm sorry. It, it could be Julio, it could be Tail, it could be a trade, but something needs to happen to get this offense in gear because two runs off of Johnny Brito is not cutting it. Um, so tomorrow, Brian Wu will take the mound against um, Domingo Herman. I've got tons of confidence in Brian Wu based on his first couple of starts. We'll see how that goes, but they're only going to go as far as the offense can take them. And so we need to see a... Uh, they break out in this uh, third game of the series against the Yankees um, to carry them into Baltimore. So we'll see what happens. Uh, again, Luis Castillo did not come through as the Mariners ace in this game. Um, the Mariners solution does not start with dealing uh, Bryce Miller or Logan Gilbert for Brendan Donovan and um, the swagger of this team in this offense is going to start and end with, Julio Rodriguez. This was tonight's uh, Mariners cast brought to you by Sports Ethos. Go check out the uh, NBA draft previews from Sports Ethos. Um, Good stuff. Super fun. Draft is tomorrow. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20. That's T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0. And the podcast at Ethos Mariners. E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. Take care, you guys. Appreciate the listen. Peace.